0: Hey, y'all, you're listening to Crying and Trying, the podcast, the comprehensive guide for cultivating emotional intelligence in a fucked up world. This podcast focuses on how oppressive systems and the human experience interact and impact our mental health. As a disclaimer, I am not a licensed mental health care professional or an expert. I am just one human who has lived through the mental health experience, sharing my story and giving my advice. Please, if you or someone you know needs help, seek it out immediately by a professional. I will have hotlines, warm lines, and other support resources available in the show notes. Yeah. And this is like making me think of, and I'm sure everybody has seen this meme, but it's like me on the weekdays, it's like salad and exercise and sleeping well. And then me on the weekends, like six plates of nachos, three pitchers of margarita, like pulling all nighter and started over again on Monday. And I feel like a lot of people fall into that. Like when I'm at work, I eat really well. Like I have all of the things. And then as soon as I get home, it all falls apart um and that's when you were talking like that's immediately what I thought of was not even just in the day but like in the week or in like yeah. the year too because we're in that time of year where this is where people let go and like do whatever and so like they kind of you know set their year up in their head that like I have to behave and I have to eat good during the rest of the year so that during the holidays I can have some pie and I can have some cookies and those sorts of things so like that it, I can see that in like your daily schedule, your weekly schedule, your yearly schedule. Yeah. It's like, I, I feel like so many people fall into that, like myself included. And I'm sure you probably, even though you are a registered dietitian, catch yourself doing this as well. Oh yeah. It's,
1: and I think, um, yeah, like knowing that, dietitians, like we're, we're human. Like Mm -hmm. um, most dietitians have either had their own nutrition struggles that they've overcome, you know, Mm -hmm. some, some pretty severe. I'm lucky that I have not had an eating disorder, but I've had nutrition struggles and I probably will continue to have nutrition struggles kind of come and go. Um, because that's, you know, that that's life, but um. Yeah, having the tools to to be able to work on that is so key. And so, what I see with disordered eating, and also just with people maybe trying to, even if they don't have disordered eating, they're just trying to live a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. The all or nothing mentality, all or nothing mindset, is like the root of the problem a lot of the time in terms of how, our our pattern of thinking of like. Oh, I have to, you know, we go just like, we go balls to the wall with our intentions around something like, so nutrition's like, Oh, you know, I'm going to meal prep and, Mm -hmm. you know, eat salad all week. And like, it's basically just taking it to the extreme where it's bound to backfire. It's, it's like a pendulum swing. And sometimes that happens on a daily basis with like restricting during the day, binging at night or a longer term basis and i know this i even thought of this with jen's episode of you know she started with um more so with binge eating mm-hmm. so okay the pendulum is swinging one way and then eventually it it swing back mm-hmm. the opposite way and went into you know restriction mode in an unhealthy way and so it's it's finding that middle ground and recognizing that the all or nothing
0: mentality, it always backfires. Mm -hmm. And this ties back into the cognitive distortions episode that I released recently, where we talk about all or nothing black or white thinking. So it is a cognitive a mental thing that happens, but it applies and bleeds into the way that we approach our eating and the way we approach nutrition as well. And that's, hundred percent, like me, I feel like I'm like, oh, I have to be health, and like you make one mistake, and my diet's ruined. Like, and that's, that's that mindset, and it's funny because your handle on Instagram is balanced fueling your whole philosophy is about balance and trying to find that middle ground. And that's kind of, you know, my philosophy right now with my mental health as well is trying not to be on the extremes and not riding that pendulum back and forth, but trying to stay yeah. more level in the center.
1: A hundred percent. And sometimes, especially with nutrition, it's like, that's not sexy. And people no. don't want to hear that of like, you know, okay, so can I eat cookies or not? And you're like, oh yeah, you can eat cookies. Like, but just like, you know, check in with yourself and like, you know, check in with yourself after one and see how, like, or maybe sometimes the answer is yes, eat the cookie. And maybe sometimes the answer is no, I'm actually not in the mood for that. Or, no, I'm, I'm full. And there, it people are like, wait, what? And that's
0: hard. They want a one size fits all. This is the answer for everything all the time. And putting ourselves pigeonholing ourselves in that box is part of the problem. Like we, as people struggle with being flexible with things, like we like routines, we like habits, we like structure, but things can't be structured all the time and things change and life changes. And, and I mean, we could talk about for example when you broke your ankle like your yeah. you so it was actually about a year ago <laughs> that you broke your ankle and your whole life got turned upside down you weren't able to walk you weren't able to move as much and so your the way you approached your nutrition had to change as well because you were injured and you're trying to prepare yourself for afterwards and so the the rules or whatever that you had followed before you broke your ankle might not work when you do have a broken ankle and being able to like build that flexibility and practice that I think is also really huge.
1: Yeah. It's like flexible structure, flexible planning. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you can build in some, some structure. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say rules, but more so like, yeah, guidelines, like, okay, mm-hmm. what's important to me right now? What are my goals? you know, and how can I be flexible with that with like real life and, you know, having a good quality of life and all that, but knowing that it's not ever going to be a static thing, like life changes, there's different, you know, at different ages, we probably are focused on different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, there's, there's injury, there's, all these other factors. So, um, it's so important to be flexible because life is life is dynamic. So (laughs) it's going to set you up for success. And I think, you know, I talk to people and they're like, you know, I just need this to get better. I need my work stress to come down or I need this to happen. And then I can focus on this, you know, and then I'll tackle the binge eating or tackle whatever but it's it's kind of like you need to learn how to navigate things when real life is happening because real life just keeps on going you know like the conditions are never really going to be perfect and if they are it's it's short-lived and i don't mean to sound like a a negative you know person but because i'm not but it's it's like you're going to come out of it stronger if you build tools and take action you know, based on where you're currently at.
0: Yeah. And I think too, that that's like, I'm thinking so much about the mental piece of this and how that comes into it and being able to like, um, I'm thinking a lot of the people who get stuck in the all or nothing thinking are perfectionists and that yeah. perfectionist mindset comes from like a history of trauma of, you know, and not even huge trauma, but just like small traumas, like where, you didn't get recognized by your parents unless you got straight A's. Like you weren't good enough unless you got straight A's or unless you were in all the extracurriculars or unless you, you know, applied early to college or whatever. Like there are a lot of us that gifted child syndrome where like, you know, we didn't feel good enough as kids unless we were perfect. And we did everything exactly the way it was supposed to be. And that mindset translates over to your food and so like you might not think that it's a mental thing but it 100% is and you sit there and you're like oh where did this perfectionist mindset come from why do I feel that I have to be perfect and I have to make sure my food is perfect all the time and I beat myself up if I have ice cream and it all ties back into those mental processes and those things that you've been internalizing your whole life. And so while you're sitting here talking about this, I'm like, it is a mental health thing. It all comes back. To oh that. yeah. And it really does. It's, it's a huge misconception. Like I knew, I knew that eating disorders were a mental health condition. And I still was like, no, it's a physical thing. Cause you hear eating and that's a physical thing. Like you don't immediately think of mental stuff when it comes to food, but there is so, so much of that involved. Definitely.
1: Yeah. And that perfectionist sort of mindset. um, Again, that I think is, is a big part of a lot of disordered eating. Um, I work in my practice. I sort of specialize in like, again, that like balanced approach. I'm a big fan of mindful eating, Um, and I work a lot with like sports nutrition, performance nutrition, and work a lot with athletes. And I think that perfectionist mindset with athletes, Mm -hmm. very, very common, like high achiever. I have to be the best. I have to check all the boxes, um, and do every, you know, that just be, be perfect. And, um, that is definitely a big part of, eating disorder recovery, or even just improving your relationship with food, um, is embracing that flexible, balanced living in the gray, you know, sort of approach. Yeah. But that is what is going to set you up to be able to navigate different situations or be able to navigate different, you know, stages of life that come up and be flexible, um, instead of feeling like, You know, it's this on or off or all or nothing type of thing, which is just so stressful and exhausting if you're trying to fit yourself into
0: that mold. Exhausting, I think, is like the best way to just it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And I mean, I had this anecdote in the episode with Jen, too. But when I was powerlifting, all I thought about for a long time for the first like two years of my powerlifting was my diet. And am I getting enough protein? Am I eating enough? I got to hit my macros. Oh, I want a cookie. But if I do that, it's going to fuck up my macro. I have to go through and recalculate all of this. And it was exhausting. I didn't even want to eat because I was so sick of thinking about food and I was so sick of worrying about food and allowing myself the flexibility to not have to be perfect took a lot of that exhaustion out and it wasn't as scary for me to think about food and to think about like how to fuel my body and like the mindset that I have around it. Um, yeah. So, flexibility is key. And I know that that's so much easier said than done, but that's, you know, this is going to be a lifelong practice too. Like you're going to be practicing yeah. this and, and learning things about yourself th- throughout your whole life. Like you said, exactly. And
1: Yeah, I feel like we, especially if you have a perfectionist mindset, like people, we think that we're the exception. So it's like, oh yeah, if you're telling a friend, you know, it's okay, you know, you can have a cookie and it's not the end of the world or like you can be flexible. And like, if you're telling a friend that you can like wrap your mind around it, but expecting that and telling yourself that it's okay for you to do that,
0: Mm -hmm. we
1: think we're the exception like we think like no but i should be able to do that like i'm different i need to be the best um i need to be perfect and understanding that you know no you don't
0: and that we
1: can be flexible is is so key
0: and that you're going to make mistakes and it's not and yeah. that's okay that's part of being human being we're messy we make mistakes things change and like being okay with that i think is Part of that flexibility too, which again, and I'm going to say why it's important to go see a therapist and to tell everybody, to go get a therapist, whether you're dealing with eating issues or not. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, you kind of already started talking about this, but I think this is a big crux of the work that you do is it, it's not just about diagnosing people. It's about building more sustainable eating habits and building uh, a more flexible mindset or a more compassionate mindset so yes what let's get into the tips and tricks and all the advice that you give to people um when they want to start developing better eating habits that work more for their lifestyle so yeah the uh you know approaching it with clients
1: and and what we work on um talked a little bit about it like, again, building awareness and building a healthy foundation, Mm -hmm. um, being okay with, you know, not being perfect and working on that all or nothing mindset. Um, Some examples of things that, you know, might be included in that would be, um, again, exploring history with their relationship Mm -hmm. uh, with food, um, talking about just thoughts that come up around food those like negative or restrictive thoughts and like just kind of digging into it and talking more about it um working on like fear foods is a common one so like some people are like oh yeah i i love pasta but i don't eat i haven't had pasta in two years and kind of saying well okay well why is that and they're like oh well i heard pasta's bad and then like it's it's like you just keep digging of like oh well do you think that's true like bad what do you mean bad bad I for do. what and you like are basically get going from you know this message that has been totally like twisted and mm-hmm. and you don't even know if there's truth to it anymore and you're trying to get to the truth or the, or the science of like well what do you mean is bad is is that actually true let's look into why you think that yeah um and actually look at oh well someone said pasta was you know bad so then and uh, now I just thought think that or um oh it you know it has a lot of carbs but like oh well yeah, our body needs carbs um so it's it's just like really um challenging it but in a fun way in a learning way yeah. it's like you're getting to the root of the actual science of, Oh no, pasta can actually fit into your eating pattern, Mm -hmm. you know, fit, fit into your diet and a diet in quotes here, meaning just what you eat, not a diet plan or anything like that. Um, but understanding that those foods can fit Mm -hmm. and thinking about food for what it's doing for your body in a positive way, Mm -hmm. not a negative, which is where, are, you know, disordered eating thoughts typically go of this food is going to make me, you know, bad in some way or make me unhealthy or whatever the case may be. But thinking about what is this actually providing for your body in a positive way?
0: And we don't tend to think about food that way. Um, yeah. And that's, Yeah. That was the one thing that was good about the coach that I had that was terrible that I've talked about a few times is she brought that up. She was like, so you want to think about like what you're eating before and after your workout. Like you want something that's going to give you the energy you need to do your workout. So like I, and I think being an athlete, like, I mean, I haven't been an athlete my whole life. It's been more in my adulthood, but like has helped me to think about food like that. Like I personally have never been afraid of carbs. I, I've always loved carbs and I've never bought into that. But like, that is something that I see a lot of pe- carbs are bad. And then they're also trying to go and do these insane workouts. And it's like, you, you know, that carbs give you the energy to do that. Right. And so like, yeah, when I was uh, really powerlifting and I'd be like, okay, like I want to have ice cream yes, I could have ice cream. Is that going to help me reach my goal as much as I want to? Probably not. If I had, you know, X, Y, Z instead, this would help fuel my workout better. And I was able to think about it in that way. And I feel like that is a hard thing for people to do because we don't, that's not the rhetoric we have with food. We don't, I mean, you say that to little kids like, oh, you want to get big and strong, eat your vegetables. Yeah but it kind of stops there. I feel like you don't really hear that from adults. You're not like, oh, I'm going to eat my vegetables because like, I want to make sure I have my vitamins and minerals and my carbs so that I have energy and my brain can function. I like, don't ever hear adults saying those things. I feel no, like and it's so that, sad. it is. And that's the thing too. Like, I think you did an episode or it was one of the posts you made about like how many carbs just your brain needs to function in the day. Yeah. And like that. I was like, what, what 30 grams. And that's like, some people aren't even eating that. And it's just like, oh. because they're not thinking about what the food does for your body. Like it's not just to make you feel better or to keep you full. It's to make sure your body is working the way it needs to. Yeah.
1: And I think as we get older, it becomes less about supporting your body like you know help your bones help whatever mm-hmm. and more of just again it goes into this black and white of good or bad you know can and can't usually just from a general health standpoint or a lot of it is rooted in weight stigma and like the fear of weight gain
0: um of like oh if I eat that I'll gain weight but and that's the whole we like barely got into body image <laughs> it's like yeah oh and that's Yeah, a whole other thing. And fat phobia and all of that stuff too. Like even people who have, you know, quote unquote good mindsets and good relationships with food still treat talk about their body in a negative way and the way that their body looks and the way their body is perceived and things like that. And that's also a huge part of this is that like the way you look does not reflect how healthy you are. And exactly. That's not a rhetoric that we hear often. Exactly.
1: And I know um in that episode with Jen you guys talked a bit about body neutrality mm-hmm. and like there's body uh positivity which is great but I think we also realistically need to make space for just body neutrality or body respect body acceptance, like it's, it's again, another whole complex thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But body image, usually with disordered eating is very much tied up into it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's this whole other thing. And, and again, I think that's something that a dietitian can help you with, but also the, you know, therapist on board as well, like that, Mm -hmm. that's a whole other thing, your relationship with your body, and how you know, exploring that and changing the how you think about yourself. Um, but it's, it's something that I wish we got more education on like in school Agreed. Um, and more tools to deal with it because we just really didn't. Um, but I think things are changing for the, for the better slowly, yes. but surely. Um, and yeah, I, I had a couple of notes too of like, I don't know these are just like general tips or like reflections that came, came out of listening to that episode and um some of them we've touched on as well but you had mentioned before like you know being i guess okay with making a mistake or being okay with getting it you know again in quotes like wrong mm-hmm. um and not being perfect so like in the example of like eating something before a workout you know, okay, you you should, you know, have this to fuel your workout and you can understand that and seek that out, but you don't have to, Mm -hmm. you're at the end of the day, the, you're the boss of your own body. Um, and so if you want ice cream before your workout, it's almost like I would give you permission to do that and see how it goes. Like, Mm -hmm. and again, give yourself full permission, do not feel guilty about it get curious and say okay let's let's see how this actually makes me feel and maybe maybe you'll feel great if you've got a, a strong stomach but <laughs> you might find that you feel you don't feel that great during your workout um you know you feel like a little bit sluggish or, or weighed down and it's not from the sense of oh, you just ate ice cream and you gained weight. So that's why you're sluggish. No, 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 no. It's because it's a high fat food. Your stomach is just slowly digesting it. So it's, it's sloshing around in there when your body's trying to do whatever the workout is. So it's building awareness uh, around, you know, instead of oh, this food's, you know, I categorize this as good or bad or, or all Mm -hmm. of that. It's, it's moving past that. And like thinking about how does this food actually make me feel physically, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, building awareness around that and listening to your body. And so the skill of listening to your body is is something that I work on with everyone again, disordered eating or not, because that's just one of those skills that, we tend to be good at when we're young, Mm -hmm. but for all, uh, I don't know, I don't know why, but there's so many reasons, you know, and in terms of nutrition, it's, it's like the diet culture and stuff like that, or like, oh, you know, clean your plate. Um, Mm -hmm. and all these little things pull us away from listening to our body. Yeah. And so it's coming back to that is, huge and is so like core to having a healthy relationship with food
0: yeah and it's something that you have to practice like I think you mentioned mindful eating earlier and you know I realized that I don't mindfully eat really ever and I think that that's a product of the society we live in you know people do working lunches they're eating on the go like food is marketed like snacks on the go and so you're not, you're always multitasking, you're always doing something else and not really able to pay attention to how the food is making you feel. And yeah. I think especially with people who struggle with binge eating, and I'm speaking from my own experience, you know, I focus on the the feeling I get, like, uh, eating food makes me feel good. Like when it tastes good, it makes me feel good. And that is a big part of why I'm binging, but I'm not focusing on how I physically feel like, yes, mentally that ice cream made me feel much better. But then afterwards, do I notice, like, like you said, I'm feeling a little sluggish. I'm feeling a little, like my stomach doesn't feel great, like, or whatever it is. And I'm not taking the time to notice those things and taking the time to reflect on that and being like, Oh wait, maybe I shouldn't have eaten this whole sandwich because now I'm uncomfortably full. And like, I, it's just something that we don't practice often. Yeah, and, and we're not taught. No, and that especially the clean your pit plate stuff. Like I think all of us grew up with the they're starving kids in Africa. You should be grateful. Eat what's on your plate. Like you can't go to bed till you finish everything on your plate. Yeah, and like, I feel that way. Like even at like work lunches and stuff, everyone else will clear their plate, and if I'm full, I'm like does it look weird that I'm not eating this whole thing? And like, I've been like, nope, I'm going to like put the rest of this in the fridge. I'm very much yeah. like eat half a meal and then eat the other half later because I'm not actually as hungry as I thought I was. And that's okay. But that's something that I had to practice. Like, and I'm yeah. still practicing. It's really hard to get in touch with yourself and listen to your body and listen to those fullness or satiety or hunger cues that you have that were- very used to ignoring because it's like oh I can't eat right now I'm too busy yeah or
1: it's not you know it's not lunchtime yet so I shouldn't be hungry so I'm gonna wait or you're not hungry drink Mm -hmm. water all these messages pull us away from listening to our body yep and um even you know checking in with yourself before you're eating of like how hungry am I Mm -hmm. and sometimes you know it might change of like, oh, I'm I'm actually hungrier than I thought, or I'm not as hungry as I thought, but at least building awareness before eating, like, am I actually hungry? Or is there sort of something emotional going on? Because emotional and stress eating
0: is so common. Like, am Um, I avoiding something else and I'm going to deal with it by eating food? Raising my hand, that's me. Emotional eating 101.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have a great, um, Tool around like emotional and and stress eating in particular that um I I'm not sure like who came up with it I didn't come up with it but um I think it's also used with um other like almost like alcohol or stuff like that but it's um it's called halt yeah S O S at the end. So it's halt SOS. So it's like are you hungry? You know, and if you are, eat something. Like that's that's the solution is if you are truly physically hungry, eat something. Mm-hmm. But if it's more of an emotional hunger, get curious about it and and dig into what emotion is actually going on. Um again, without judgment mm-hmm. or beating yourself up. Just pure curiosity of like what is going on? What am I feeling? Um, so it's you know, are you hungry? And then if not, it's anger, uh lonely, lonely. tired, and then I add the SOS for sad or stressed. Um, oh, I like that. I don't know. And the SOS is like,
0: ah, you know, like yeah.
1: um but
0: the halt. what do I want to do about it? You know? I love that acronym because it it's it make it's HALT means stop. So it's like take yeah. a stop and really assess what is going on why do I want to eat? Is it because I am physically hungry or angry, lonely, tired, sad, or stressed? Like which one of these things could it be? And if it is one of those things, that's fine, but just be aware of that. And like, check in with yourself that like, you know, I'm eating because I'm sad and that's okay. Sometimes I need to do that. Sometimes I need to have that pint of ice cream because I went through a breakup and that's okay. But like, if you're noticing that I'm always eating because I'm sad, Maybe that's something that we should dig into a little bit exactly. and I have
1: I actually have it's like a eating decision tree and it's it's, you know, uh if anyone wants it, feel free to email me, Lex, you can put my email in the notes. Yeah. but it's it it's exactly that of of again building awareness of like, oh yeah, I'm feeling stressed and then it's kind of like, okay, what do you want to do about it? Mm-hmm. You can either decide, well, I'm actually stressed. So I think I need to go for a walk or go meditate or whatever it is that helps you with stress. You don't have to do that. You can still say I am stressed and I am going to stress eat right now. And Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so, because if you don't you're just like, if you don't give yourself the freedom of that, option, permission, especially with binge eating, it's just going to perpetuate, like you're taking away the permission to eat, um, mm-hmm. uh, when you want to. So you're probably going to stress eat at that moment, or you're just going to do it later. Yeah. So it's like, well, what do I want to do in this moment? Or sometimes it's both like, okay, let me eat something and and kind of calm down and, and get that comfort. Then, let me take a closer look at what this stress is and and try to really tackle it. Yeah, um, so you can do
0: both. Um, but and yeah, comes back to that flexibility mindset. Like sometimes yeah. you're just gonna stress eat, sometimes you're just gonna go on a walk, and sometimes you're gonna do both. And that's yeah, exactly. And
1: it is like you said, it's practice, and it really it's an ongoing practice because with mindful eating. You could be a very skilled, mindful eater, but you're still going to have to check in with yourself. It's never going to become really like a hundred percent automatic. So it's, it's a practice. And again, you have to eat every day, multiple
0: times a day. So you get it wrong. And for breakfast, you have two more chances at lunch and dinner to try and make choices that make you feel better about yourself or make you physically feel better or, yeah. Yeah. You know? And working on
1: this stuff has the power to really impact your quality of life because of how much food is tied into our day-to-day stuff. So like, to me, that is the coolest part about being a dietitian is like seeing, again, seeing that change and having people realize, oh, well, when I'm not worried about food, I have all this, you know, extra mental space to do what I House love to do <laughs> oh, I'm eating more carbs and I'm hitting all these PRs in the gym. Like it's like seeing that and what can come out of it
0: Mm -hmm. in so many
1: different ways and how their life can change is so, so cool to see.
0: And with something as simple as food, right? Like it's nothing crazy. You don't have to go buy anything ridiculous or have fancy technology. It's like about food and, and mindset and it's, you can make incredible change with just, some practice yeah that's the thing too and that's something that I feel like is a barrier to this is in today's society we're very much about the quick fix and the easy route Um, and the least amount of work and unfortunately those quick fixes don't help us as much as they do um, it's really the longevity of these habits and things that you can carry with you and things that are sustainable. And people don't like to hear that they want, like, I need to lose five pounds for this, whatever next week. And that's what I'm going to And that's the mindset when it's like, oh, it's just like a band aid, a quick fix. That's going to be difficult for you to, um, I'm not sure what i'm trying to say but like if you're trying to do those quick fixes you're not really going to have long-term change you're not really exactly. gonna any long-term results because then you're going to have to come do another quick fix in a few months or a few weeks or whatever uh you know time frame you're on but we're really and i think that's a lot of the work that you do with your clients is is trying to build habits for the rest of your life and more life honey. yes exactly because
1: like again the quick fix thing we're conditioned to think that that's what we need, and that's the norm. And and also, it's it's, it's almost easy. easier, right? Like mm-hmm. I and At I moment. hear this with people, new people coming in. Okay, so just you're gonna just give me a list, right, of like foods to eat and foods not to eat, and then like we'll call it a day. That's it, right? I'm like, no, 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 no. That's that's <laughs> what do you mean? Like, no, that's might be easy until it's, you know, until you actually want to have something or you feel so restricted, but like, that's not going to set you up for long-term success. Yeah. So we need to get into the nitty gritty or the things that like, again, aren't black or white or aren't sexy or whatever. And that's, that's where the true magic happens really.
0: And I mean, it parallels with mental health so much too. Like it's the easy fixes or the quick fixes is what people want to do. Like they want to just like, you know, I'm thinking about I was in my partial program and people think that they want to just go there and they're like, I'm going to go to this program and in a week I'll be better. And it's like, no, it's not. Like we're, we're talking about habits and we're talking about thought process and we're talking about all of these other things that we need to really focus on and are going to take time and are going to take practice and repetition. And it's the same thing, like, you know, I'm like, oh, I go to therapy, I'll be better done. And that's, that's not how it works. I go to therapy and like, I feel good for a while. And then, you know, I have a backslide, I struggle a little bit, and then I have to go back into my ho- partial hospitalization. And I might need to be inpatient, I might need med changes. But that's the thing is like, you know, you you just go with the flow and you buckle you, up, you know, like literally. buckle up
1: and and <laughs> embrace that. And and again, with that practice, you kind of roll. Re- hoping that the roller coaster highs and lows are, you know, mellowed out or the pendulum yes. swing is, you know, you're balancing it out, but understanding that it's never just going to completely stop, that there's always going to be things in life that are kind of testing us or things that come up and learning how to navigate it, learning mm-hmm. how to steer into the skid sometimes um, and, and having the tools to be able to do that that's that's what it's all about and again that's what my approach with like Mm -hmm. balanced and sustainable nutrition is is all about it's that real
0: life stuff um and it's like um, like you said it's not sexy that's not what people want to hear that it's going to be oh I'm going to have to work on this for the rest of my life I'm going to have to be cognizant of this for the rest of my life and really reflect that's hard people don't like doing it but you know when you're you hit a point and you're like, no, this is what I need. And like, it's, it'll fall into place. You'll be like, no, like I do need to put the work in. Like, I want to make this change. I want to see the yeah. results. And it's, you're gonna, it's gonna be hard. You're gonna have times where it's really easy and things are great. And then you're going to backslide. Like I said, you're gonna ride the highs and lows of that roller coaster, the back and forth of the pendulum. And sometimes it's going to go really fast and really chaotic. And sometimes it'll mellow out. And it's really the flexibility and being able to to go with the ebbs and flows and building those toolkits because sometimes you're going to need certain tools and other times you won't yeah like, if you are really focusing on mindful eating right now like after a certain point of time it's going to become second nature and you're going to be able to do that without thinking about it and then like It'll get easier And then you might lose it and you might need to go back and be like, oh, I really need to re get back into mindful eating and practice it again. And that's okay. Like, yeah, that's what being a human is. And I think that that's a big part of it and why it's important to have a therapist too, because (laughs) we're messy. That's just part of being a person and like uh, getting away from that perfectionist mindset, um, I think is the biggest piece that's going to help everybody with this is like allow yourself to make mistakes because it's going to happen anyway totally totally and I
1: loved a question that came out of your episode with Jen and I actually haven't met Jen but I feel like I know her because yeah I I listened to that episode I listened to a handful of episodes of her podcast Mm -hmm. and um but it was uh who am I and what what do I need and like it you know that rings true with mental health stuff, but, but with nutrition stuff of like, do I need a rest day today? Or do I need to rally and, and get off, you know, get up and get going? Do I need to, you know, really slow down and, and look at my mindful eating? Or do I, you know, like, just really get again, get curious and get open and check in with yourself. And yeah. I think a lot of the nutrition advice out there is more like external of just mm. do this, don't do that. And
0: it's just not that simple. So it, it feels like yourself. what do you need? It feels like people want us to be robots and just like, yeah. do this, do that, do that. And that's not the case. Like you have to reflect and you have, because like you, at the end of the day, like you are very different from people next to you. Your body functions differently. It's shaped differently. You have different histories. You have different cognitive processes. So you really do need to ask yourself that question. Who am I in this moment right now? And what do I need in this moment right now? Because that could be very different from what I need tomorrow or next year. Um, Yeah. So true. And I think the last two things you have on here, um, don't underestimate the basics is something that people also don't want to hear. Yep. <laughs> and this, I think I brought it up in a few episodes, but when I was in my partial program, the last time um, I, you know, part of it is you go and you talk to a psychiatrist and, you know, I go in expecting he's going to change my meds. We're going to start new things. And he's like, so how's your sleep? How's your food intake? How is, are you drinking water? And I was like, You are a psychiatrist. Why are you asking me these things? But then I was like, "Oh, you're right. Like if I can work on those things first, then I might have less problems to deal with. If I dial in my, if I dial in my hydration, if I dial in my nutrition, or whatever it is, like then you're not going to have to deal with the fallout quite as much. And so I think that that's huge too, right? Like if you're getting enough sleep, you're I your body is not going to um I, I don't even know where I was going with that. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where it you tell you me, where, where was it. I going, Laura? When you don't sleep well it, from a
1: nutrition standpoint, um, when you don't sleep well, your body will secrete hunger hormones in higher amounts the following day. So you're gonna feel hungrier because your body's lacking energy. Like sleep is so sense. key. So your body's gonna ask for more food the next day and then you're going to feel hungrier.
0: That makes sense. See? And so if you're sleeping well, you're not going to need as much food. Your body's not going to be as hungry. Same thing. I feel like when I'm dehydrated, I'm hungrier because like, yeah. I don't have enough water in my body for all of my organs to do what they need to. And I need more energy to be able to do that. So then I'm hungrier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's, don't est- and underestimate the, the basics that healthy foundation, sleep, hydration, right. Re- you know, eating regular balanced meals, uh, moving your body, taking care of yourself. Like it's, and even I'm sure from like a medication standpoint, like if you're not eating, not hydrating, not sleeping, does that impact how the medication works? Exactly. I don't know, but that's just, that could be one. And I'm, sure, I'm sure it does.
0: And that's the thing, though, too, is like all of these things affect one another. And that's what's so important to recognize, too, is like nothing is in a vacuum, like all of these things affect each other. And so the more that you can like look at the whole picture, I think the more um, success that you can have in trying to improve your eating habits or improve your relationship with food um is looking at everything because if you try to isolate that like you can't isolate things because that's not how real life is. Exactly. It's a big old spider web. It is. It is. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah, I could talk about this all day. So if you want more nutrition episodes,
0: I'm um, I'm here. Yeah, I think that, you know, we could probably get you back on again because that like you said we just barely scratched the surface on this. Yeah. Uh, but and I know this episode or episodes because it's most likely going to be multiple is very information heavy. So if you're listening to this, you feel overwhelmed, you don't know where to start, like take a deep breath. You don't have to have everything figured out. Like just start to reflect, go journal about it. Be like, where, yeah. where are you right now? What, what are your goals? How do you, what do you want to change? Um, And use that as a starting point to figure out where to go and i think the the biggest thing too in this is to get support like talk to people in your life yeah. about what changes you're trying to make and what what you're trying to implement and that makes a huge difference too like if i i told my friends like oh i'm trying to be do more mindful eating and do more intuitive eating and so like and even i think you had done it a few times you're like oh you're doing this, like just point it out and recognize, oh, hey, you're doing all or nothing thinking or, oh, hey, you're falling into perfectionism. When you tell other people in your life, they can help you to, uh, yeah to, you know, make more progress in that and to give yourself some grace too, when you're being too mean to yourself about making a mistake. Exactly. Yeah. So get support,
1: have people in your corner, mm-hmm. and yeah, dietitians aren't the food police. Nope. So we're here for supporting you as well if you need help with your nutrition. So don't hesitate to reach out. And if you know someone reaches out and they're based on what they're struggling with, if they're not a great fit for the work I do, because again, nutrition is such this huge uh, field. I have a lot of great colleagues I can refer people to, but you shouldn't have to struggle with it by yourself. That's what—that's why we exist, to help people with
0: this stuff. So don't be shy. Exactly. And Laura said some of her socials and things at the beginning. I will also include all of that in the show notes with links um, and her email address as well if you want to email her personally and ask her some questions. She is uh really really nice and willing to help you in whatever way she can um so that was a lot thank you so much for coming Laura i appreciate Thanks you for having me and the time and it was so good to see you too we haven't chatted since rachel's baby shower so i know uh. It's hard being an adult when you live in different states from your friends.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, we got to get together soon. Um, yeah. I appreciate you
0: having me on and I'm happy to to come back in the future. Yes. And well, you will definitely be coming back. And on that note, we are trying to get through the Menti bees, and we will keep crying in the shubbies. Woo. for joining for another episode you can find the show on social media on instagram and twitter at cryin underscore tryin underscore pod and on facebook at cryin and tryin pod you can also find me personally on instagram and twitter at l-e-x-g-o-n-g-i-v-i-t-2-y-a underscore if you'd like to email the show feel free to send us questions, comments, episode suggestions, and any other feedback you want us to see to cryingandtryingpod at gmail.com. The best way for a small, independent podcast like Us to Grow is for our listeners like you to share your favorite episodes with your friends. You can also rate, leave a review, and follow the show on your preferred streaming platform. And engaging in any of our social media posts will always help us be more visible. If you would like to support the show with a small one-time or monthly donation, you can do so through our podcast page on Anchor or through the Buy Me A Coffee page, where blog posts related to the show are posted. All donations, no matter how small, go right back into the show so I can continue bringing you high-quality episodes. I am a proud member of the PodPros community and utilize PodMatch to connect with many amazing guests. This podcast is researched, recorded, produced, and edited by me, Lexi Hamsmith, using Anchor by Spotify. Thanks for listening.